Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Typically, I like to start off the show with Justin Giants. Obviously, we're here in New York. Majority of people who do gamble, even though uh, what a poop show this Jets Redskins game is going to be. Let's be honest. Um, I, I mean, it's just you'd, you'd be you'd be insane to put any money on this game. And come on, we both know you and I are both going to put money on money on this game. So, um, so I, I typically I, I like to start off talking about the Giants and the Jets game and, and what I like and what side of the coin I'm on. Which, by the way, welcome into. We can wager. Presented by BetMGM Sport. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Uh, but because of the news today and all that took place with uh, with Miles Garrett, uh, that's kind of where I want to I want to start off. Because what kind of here? Here's the thing. We've got Anthony and Joel who who produced the show. Dudes, how sick is this? Right? Like like what? Like first of all, <laughs> let me rewind. I don't know about you guys. I fell asleep. I was so tired last night. I fell asleep like the start of the second half. I fell asleep. And I actually, I had some friends over at my apartment last night. I fell asleep while my friends were at the apartment. So they took pictures of me on the couch with all the dogs on top of me, which, by the way, I have to send to you. Joel, I know you. You would you, you, you love this photograph. It's it's ridiculous. So I wake up at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning to 25 text messages. So you, So follow me here. You know when that happens, you're like, oh, snap. Like I'd say something else, but this is a family show, right? So like you're like, oh, snap. And you open up your text messages and all of them are about Miles Garrett. And all of them are about the game. And all of them are about how what a horrific ending it was. Then, of course, what do we always do? We go to social media. And, of course, I saw the video on social media, and it was just absolutely disgusting. Um, just absolutely disgusting. And... Uh, you know, as we know where it stands right now, Miles Garrett is now suspended for the remainder of the season. And as as harsh as this may sound, I think he needs to be suspended even further than just the season. Um, and I had a, I, this, I, I I talked about this on Outside the Lines today, and I had a few people come after me on social media. You hate the Cleveland Browns. You have an agenda. It's not about hating. Here's the thing, and I'm curious to get you guys what your thoughts on this, guys. If Mason Rudolph's skull was cracked in half and we saw blood gore gushing all over the football field, do you think anyone would think a second about Miles Garrett being suspended in 2020, Joel? Oh, absolutely not. Once Thank you, you see the blood there, you know, the consequences changes everything, whether you want to admit it or not. So just because Mason Rudolph was fortunate enough to not have his skull bashed wide open and his brains gushing out on the football field doesn't make the situation less severe. What Miles Garrett did was horrific. Horrific. And 
I, <laughs> it's just it's unbelievable to me that if anybody anybody who watched that video doesn't feel the same way. Playing in the NFL and being a professional athlete is a gift. It is it's not it's not a right. It's a gift. It's a blessing. And here's here's another thing by the way that's really perplexing to me. When did this verge when did this 2019 version of Miles Garrett when did this occur? Like this is beyond just him taking Mason Rudolph's helmet off and trying to like bash his skull in. This is he threw punches at Delaney Walker this season. And us living here in New York, especially for Jets fans that are that are, are listening to the show, his tackle on Trevor Simeon was really extreme to the point where he tore his ligaments in his ankle. I mean, he just he just didn't tackle the dude. He just he destroyed. I mean, he like he planted them into he planted Trevor Simeon into Mother Earth. That's what he did. And is this is this a culture thing that Kitchens and, and the Cleveland Browns are try, trying to create? I, I don't I don't quite get it. This is if you saw. Did you guys see the feature on Miles Garrett that Ryan Smith did? This is a dude who believes in who loves dinosaurs and listens to Elton John. Okay, not your average dude. But like a, a very, a very, like a very intelligent, like kind of, you know, a, a little different. Not your, not your average bear. I, I like. When, like, when did this happen? It, it's, it's just, it, it really, it's, it's, it's so perplexing to me. But anyway, beyond that, since this is a gambling show. And this is where I was going with this, guys. You could actually wager on the outcome of what's going to happen with the Cleveland Browns. So, so for example, you could actually wager whether or not the start of the 2020 season, if Mason Rudolph or Miles Garrett will be starting. So if you think that Mason Rudolph is going to be starting over Ben Roethlisberger at the start of the 2020 season, that's plus 300. If you think Miles Garrett is going to be starting regular season game one for the Cleveland Browns in 2020, that's minus 500. You could actually wager on this stuff. Uh, week one, do you think that Miles Garrett is going to be suspended? Yes is minus 300. No is plus 200. And uh, Cleveland to miss the playoffs is minus 1,000. And that's very interesting. Like, I, like, I don't think Cleveland, even with Miles Garrett, without Miles Garrett, like, like even with, I, did not, I do not think Cleveland's going to make the playoffs. I just don't. And I, I've been saying this since day one. I think they're a complete poop show. But right now, you can bet on Cleveland missing the playoffs at minus 1,000. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm going to play some cuts for you right now uh, from from some of the, the, the dudes in our business who works for ESPN. Let's listen. I love Damian Woody. Here's Damian Woody on SportsCenter talking about the Miles Garrett incident. You do something this stupid, you're Miles Garrett. You're in the middle of a playoff push. You're going to get suspended. You're the best player on their team, and now you're not going to be available. How dumb is that? That's what we've been talking about with the Cleveland Browns, how undisciplined, the penalties, the penalty yardage, the amount of penalties that the Cleveland Browns have racked up. So now, instead of us talking about the Cleveland Browns getting a critical divisional win, everything's going to focus on Miles Garrett and Freddie Kitchens. Does he have control of the Cleveland Browns? Damien is fired up, isn't he? I love Damien Woody. Um, Here's Maurice Pouncey talking about how Jason Garrett went too far. Y'all seen what happened? But ain't a part of football. At that point, it's bigger than football. Should Garrett be done for the year or what he did? Absolutely. 100%. We'll see how serious the NFL is about their players. Do you expect anything to happen to you? This point, who cares? My man got hit in the head with a helmet. I mean, I'll I'll settle whatever point it is. Again, I, sorry, I said Jason Garrett. It's it's Miles Garrett, um, and that was uh, Pouncey, who also got a three game suspension. Garrett was suspended for the remainder of the season, um, and if the Browns do go to the playoffs, he would be suspended throughout those. No word yet if he will be suspended at the start of twenty twenty. But again, you can wager on it. Miles Garrett not playing regular season game one in twenty twenty because of a suspension minus five hundred. Uh, not playing week one because of a suspension minus 300. Well, well the first one, of course, is uh, is it Miles Garrett or Mason Rudolph? Will Mason Rudolph be starting in front of Ben Roethlisberger? Which, by the way, did you guys see Ben Roethlisberger on the sideline yesterday? He doesn't look like a he he's he looks like an overweight. I like he does not look like a football player. He does not look like he's in good shape at all. Did, did you see? Did you guys? Did you guys watch the game, Anthony Joel? Did you see? Did you? You know what I'm talking about? Did you see Ben Roethlisberger on the sideline? I saw him briefly. He looked overweight. His face is huge. He's got this horrible beard. He's not. He's not taking care of it. Just looks like he's like out of shape and like stick a fork in him. I don't know. And again, um, the one bet that I do like, but. Boy, that's a lot of juice. And that's Cleveland to miss the playoffs at minus 1,000. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Just to bring you up to speed, Colin Kaepernick, 32 years old, as we know, played in the Super Bowl for the 49ers, didn't win it. The, the, the Baltimore Ravens won it that year. 72 touchdowns, 13 rushing touchdowns, 30 interceptions. He hasn't played in the NFL in 1,049 days, by the way. Why? A lot of people feel collusion with team owners to keep him out of the league. So he's having this pro day tomorrow in Atlanta. Why? The Falcons, uh, they leave for Carolina. So their facility is going to be empty and available for those teams who want to come and take a sneak peek and see what Colin Kaepernick still has left in the tank. Okay, why not on a Tuesday? NFL says uh, they thought that there would be a number of teams who wouldn't want other teams at their facility on a Tuesday. Okay, Uh, but the NFL did contact the Colin Kaepernick camp um, Tuesday around 10 a.m. and um, and said, hey, this is what we're putting together for you. Do you want to do it or you not or or not? And the Colin Kaepernick camp only had two hours to agree or disagree to it. Sure enough. I mean, look, you're not going to what's the phrase again? You're not going to stare a horse in the face. 
There you go. Thank you, Anthony. There, there you go. <laughs> a gift, gift horse in the mouth. Whatever. Um, so, of course, the Colin Kaepernick camp says yes. So now they had five days to prepare. Um, Colin Kaepernick was not told what teams were going to be in attendance. Also, he wasn't told what wide receivers he was going to be able to throw the ball to. So guess what? He's bringing his own tomorrow. Good for him. Hugh Jackson is going to oversee the workout. Hugh Jackson, by the way, loves Colin Kaepernick. Um, Apparently would not agree to do this unless he felt that this was going to be legit. He wanted to draft uh, Colin Kaepernick when he was the head coach in Oakland, and he wanted to trade for Colin Kaepernick when he was the head coach in Cleveland. Also, Hugh Jackson is represented by Jay-Z and Rock Nation. And so a lot of people feel that Jay-Z has been a big force as to why this is happening with Jay-Z's connection now with the NFL and Jay-Z being a part of, of Rock Nation, Hugh Jackson being a part of Rock Nation, uh, Roger Goodell called you Jackson to make sure that he would oversee this workout. So those are the nuggets I have for you pertaining to tomorrow. Now, here's a list of the teams that are expected to be in attendance. Arizona, Atlanta, Cleveland, Denver, Detroit, Miami, New England. No surprise there. Giants, Jets, both New York teams. Tampa, Washington. Josina Anderson was reporting that the Dallas Cowboys were going to be there. But since then, no, they've decided that they are not going to attend. Seattle, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Now, um, you can, again... You could you could wager on anything in life, right? So you could wager on the team that you think is Colin Kaepernick is going to end up on. So here's the thing. Arizona know they've got Murray. Now, you know, one of the big things with Colin Kaepernick is that, you know, he wants to be a starting quarterback. He feels that he still has what it takes to be a starting quarterback. He doesn't want to be a backup quarterback. Uh, with the style of offense that they play in Arizona now – fit uh, Colin Kaepernick? Heck yeah. But is he willing to go there uh, to be the backup to Murray, who they drafted number one overall? I just don't think so. But that's plus, by the way, that's plus 1,500. You can put money on if you think that's going to happen. Atlanta, they've got Matt Ryan. The backup there is Matt Schaub. Uh, Matt Schaub, God, he's older than dirt, isn't he? Who's Who's been in the NFL longer? Uh, Matt Schaub or... Um, uh, running back for the Buffalo Bills, Frank Gore. Who do you think's been in the... <laughs> Both of them are as old as dirt. Anyway, uh, so Atlanta. Are the odds up here for Atlanta? I don't see them. Matt Schaub by a year. Matt Schaub by a year. Matt Schaub was drafted in 2004. Frank Gore was drafted in 2005. Look at you. What would we do without you on the show, Anthony? Um, so there's no odds up here for Atlanta. That's interesting. Uh, Cleveland, no, I, I don't believe that he goes to Cleveland. I don't see odds there. Denver, uh, they're rolling with Brandon Allen right now. They need to see what they have in him. They also drafted Drew Locke. Keep that in mind. I think the Joe Flacco situation, that boat has sailed. I'm looking to see if Denver is on this board, and they are not. Detroit's going to be in attendance. Uh, no, I don't think they go. The Miami Dolphins, that could be very interesting. Um, looking to see if the Miami Dolphins are on here, and I don't see them either. Hmm. <laughs> New England. A lot of people feel this is Tom Brady's last year. Who follows him? They drafted Stidham, who I love. Um, the New England Patriots, plus 5,000 to sign Colin Kaepernick. Interesting. 
The Giants, no, I don't, I don't see that happening. Mara's too close with Roger Goodell. Uh, the Giants, and the, of course they drafted Daniel Jones. Uh, the Jets, of course, they've got Sam Darnold. Um, the Tampa Bay Bucks, that could be interesting. Jameis Winston, not sure if they're committed to him long term. Plus 1,200. Hmm. I wouldn't mind putting some coin on that out of all the teams I'm looking here so far. The Washington Redskins, I'm sorry. I just, I, Haskins, I just can't. I Like, he's just horrible. He's just so bad. The Seattle Seahawks, obviously, Russell Wilson is it. He just got a new deal, and I don't see odds on, on him. Cincinnati, they're moving on from Andy Dalton. They have Ryan Finley, who's been starting now. So Cincinnati, plus plus 30... Plus 350, plus 350 for Cincinnati. So obviously they're favored. Uh, that's the, that's the, uh, the, the, the worst odds that you're going to get on who's going to sign Colin Kaepernick is Cincinnati at plus 350. Pittsburgh Steelers plus 400. Baltimore Ravens plus 600. The Buffalo Bills plus 700. Oakland Raiders plus 700. What did you say, Anthony? You just said something? Okay, so um, so those are your odds, I, I, and, and I'm just I'm rolling these I'm rolling through these with you. Like this is my first chance of looking at the odds that are out there right now in regard to where we think Colin Kaepernick is going to land, and just the best uh, for, for for the team that might be the team that might be in the most need on top of a coach that I think would be excited for him to be a part of the team and them not being committed to a quarterback, for me, is the Tampa Bay Bucks at plus 1,200. Guys, does a team scream out to you that you think Colin Kaepernick could land on that you would put some coin on, Joel? I don't think there's anybody I would actually bet on. I think it's just so wide open, and you know, there's a couple of teams that could use him. I don't know that anybody's. I don't know who's got what going on behind the scenes who's going to be willing to do it. So I don't know that I would put money on it. I mean, listen for what I say for plus twelve hundred. I'll throw five, ten, fifteen, twenty bucks on that on the Tampa Bay box. Just seems like just seems like a, a, a team that 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 very well could fit. And how about this? And here's an interesting one. The Patriots at plus 5,000. Like, I, I would not be shocked or surprised if the Patriots signed Colin Kaepernick. Would you guys be shocked or surprised? I would absolutely not. No, I don't think so. I don't think I'd be surprised. That's something the Patriots would do. Anyway, uh, really quick, I do want to play this clip from Mike Tannenbaum. He was on with Golick and Wingo because not only is Colin Kaepernick going to audition physically uh, for these teams and the scouts that are going to be there, but they're also going to have an opportunity to interview him. Former general manager Mike Tannenbaum talking about uh, what would he ask Colin Kaepernick. I'm going to ask as many open-ended questions as possible, like where you are with things, like what have you been doing? Are you fulfilled? Are you happy? If there's a void left in your life because you're not playing football, like how, how badly do you miss it? As you guys know, playing pro football is really hard. It, it comes with incredible sacrifices. Those are sort of the things that I want to hear. You know, how badly do you want to come back? How, how are you going to handle adversity? How are you going to handle all the different situations that may come up? And when a team signs you, our job is to support you where you feel fulfilled and you're 
put in the best position possible to have the greatest on-field performance you possibly can have. And when we sign any player, and obviously this is going to come with you know a lot of notoriety, like we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder, but we have to go through this with a plan together. And I would want to have all that fleshed out collectively so, again, he can have the best chance for success. Again, that's Mike Tannenbaum. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Doug Kazarian, who joins us right now on Weekend Wager. You can see Doug. He hosts Daily Wager Monday through Friday and, of course, on uh, on Sunday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. And he's joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Doug, how you doing? I'm doing well, Anita. Good to be with you. Long time no see. I saw you on the Friday floor today. <laughs> I know. Uh, really quick, before we get into your college football picks that you told me you love this week, just out of curiosity, uh, the football rankings, Auburn as a 12, the AP top 25, they're at 13. How confident are you in Auburn that uh, that they're going to win the next few weeks and still be in the topic of conversation when it comes to the playoffs? Well, Auburn will always be in the topic of conversation for the playoffs because they host Bama in a couple of weeks in the Iron Bowl. And Bama on the road is going to be much different because I don't know about Bama's defense. But with all that being said, I, I leaned to Auburn this weekend, but it's not like a strong play anything silly like that. I, I'm looking forward to the, the, the games we have circled. All right, let's let's dive into it again. We can wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. All right, Doug Kazarian. First up, Ohio State minus three and a half in the first half against Rutgers. You might have some Rutgers fans listening right now. No Chase Young for Ohio State. Suspended yet another game. This is game two, but you still like Ohio State minus thirty four and a half in the first half. Give us all the reasons why. So let's start. It is a historic line, a ridiculous line, all that. You have a conference opponent on the road laying over 50 points. It's insane. It's really insane. But if you break down how bad Rutgers is, they've been shut out against three opponents, Iowa, uh, and then Indiana's in the mix. Indiana randomly is in the mix. And then also uh, Michigan. So they've been shut out. But if you you break it down, Rutgers does not belong in a Power 5 conference. So you have an Ohio State team coming in town who last week, by the way, went an onside kick of 14 nothing as a 42-and-a-half-point favorite. It's all abnormal. So Rutgers is just, it's just a festival of ineptitude, and they're going to punt a lot. And I will lay the 34, and I'm going to take under Rutgers' team total 2-and-a-half. Johnny Avello at DraftKings said it's 2-and-a-half flat. I, I, just, I just don't see it. Rutgers has had seven drives. Uh, excuse me, seven first downs against Iowa and Michigan already this year, 11 drives total, and they've had like six first downs. It's just it's just a mismatch. It's just insane. So give me – I'll take Ohio State to cover 34.5, and I'll take a team total Rutgers under 2.5. All right. Uh, game number two, should we call this the one-win team ball? UMass going up against Northwestern. UMass over 7.5 team total points. Really, is is that accurate? It is accurate. It's actually grabbing some betting headlines, as you would know. It's just it's just kind of a fun story if you think about it. Northwestern has not scored 41 points total in the last four games. Hasn't scored over 41 points in 2017. And here they are laying 41 in the game. In a conference game, it's just not conference, excuse me, non-conference game. It's just laughable. But UMass, let me just put it this way, Anita. UMass is ranked dead last in ESPN's football power index. At 130. At 129 is Akron. They actually beat Akron earlier this season. And they're still ranked below them. That's how bad they are. Their defense is historically awful. 
So I would say, I, I've sadly, I've watched three full UMass games and part of three others. I would say, give me UMass over seven and a half teams total. I think UMass will score like 10 points, and they're going to give up a bajillion. But I don't, it's going to be right around the number, but I will take team total for UMass over seven and a half. I'm I'm worried that you even watched this team play, you said, three times, Doug? Really? You should be worried. I am. I'm extremely worried. Last but not least, let's uh, talk a little Pac-12 action for you. Washington State, Washington State minus 10 against Stanford. What side of the coin are you on here? So finally a normal game, right? <laughs> yeah, so finally. There's a lot of games I like. I like Michigan and the Michigan's Michigan State game. I do like I do like Washington State here. They're laying ten. The numbers come down a little bit. Stanford has issues. They they scored thirteen at Colorado, arguably the worst defense in the Pac twelve. Washington State is Jekyll and Hyde, home versus away. They're gonna put up like thirty ish and I think they're gonna give them a twenty ish. I think they get their thirty eight twenty three. I think it'll be a nice cover. Give me Mike Leach, lane 10 against a bad Stanford team who's, who's missing some of their key players. And just, they just, next week they have the, the big game with Cal. I think they're just, they're not, they're going to phone it in today, this weekend. All right, Doug, thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Just to recap, um, Doug loves Ohio State minus 34 and a half in the first half against Rutgers, Rutgers because they're just so god awful. Um, UMass over seven and a half team total points against Northwestern in the back 12, Washington State minus 10 against Stanford. Uh, Doug, thank you so much for taking some time with us on this Friday night. I really Anita, do, thank you. I do appreciate yeah, it, my you friend. Thank you for having me. Of yeah. course. It's always going to connect. Good seeing you on campus today. Great job on the Friday. <laughs> by the way. Oh, thank you, my friend. You're so fantastic. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. As we know, reports were uh, an R that uh, the Johnson family has said that Adam Gase will return as the head coach of the Jets. Uh, but more importantly, this week, the Jets, they are in our nation's capital, taking on the Washington Redskins. They're getting one and a half. And um, are they? Are they getting one and a half? Let me confirm that. That's just inside. Yeah, they are. Washington's favored with Dwayne Haskins. Are you kidding me? I am all over this. And this game is just horrible. Who am I, who am I fooling? It's just... Really? They're getting one and a half? Oh, I'm going to get into some. I'm going to get into some uh, some stats here when it comes to the Washington Redskins. Uh, but first, let's bring in Joe from Jersey. Joe, what's up? Good evening. Good to speak to you, Anita. How are you? Great. All right. Can I go back to that Kaepernick thing real quick? Do, what, do whatever you want, Joe. All right. So I just feel like you know I don't know if this this uh, whole workout thing is serious. I'm not sure you know, any team is actually going to look to sign him. But if there were was a team out there that would do it, I feel like it'd be a team like the Ravens. You know, they got a strong-minded coach. The organization from top to bottom is pretty solid. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is there, and I think, you know, he would be a pretty good uh, mentor for him. And they do like to run that kind of, you know, two quarterbacks in the backfield type of thing with, uh, what's his name is there, Griffin. Maybe it's maybe it's a little bit too many quarterbacks there, but maybe it could work out. And, Ravens, and so, so it, it sounds to me, Joe, that, that you're favoring the Ravens. They're plus 600. Yes, yeah, I think that's that's good value. I mean, if you put a hundred dollars on that, no, it's, it's great. Bucks, it's great. You know? It's great yeah. value. I mean, is 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 Colin Kaepernick a step up from uh, RG three? Yeah, I I, yeah. I I think he is. If if of course you know, keep in mind, I think I should, he has not played football in one thousand and forty nine days. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah, I just I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, based on how the workout goes. 
you know, Ravens are an affiliate organization. I'm sure they could watch it and make a decision on that, you know. So I, I wouldn't put money on any other team just because, you know, I, I don't really think that anybody's taking it seriously. But if I was to, I would, uh, you know, put on the Ravens. Can I make a quick point on the Redskins real quick? Or? Yeah, yeah, just really quick before we do sure, move on sure. to, to that game. Okay. It's just important that folks know the two teams that were reported prior to this to have any type of interest in Colin Kaepernick were the Ravens and the Seattle Seahawks. There you go, there you go. Just FYI, uh, Joe. Awesome, awesome. Good to know. Uh, real quick with the Redskins. I mean, that, that spread is, like, very fishy. Um, Isn't it? I know, the, I know the Jets aren't a great team, but to be your favorite by only one and a half, that, uh, that opens my eyes a bit. And the Redskins are coming off a bye. I feel like they'll have a game plan. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Haskins. I don't I'm a Giants fan. I was so happy they didn't draft him. Um, but, you know, they'll probably put together some kind of packages for him, quick throws. The Jets secondary is pretty terrible. Um, and I could, I could see them pulling it out. You know, their defense is not horrendous. I'm sure they could uh, manage a decent game plan to stop the stop the Jets for all of all teams. You know, I mean, they played the best game of the year last week against the Giants, and they barely pulled it out. You know, so I would not be shocked if the Redskins won that game outright. To be honest, that's my opinion. So you, so if you were to play this, Joe, what you're saying is that you would take the Redskins minus one. Yes, a hundred percent. Would you play them on the money line? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the Redskins are plus one and a half, right? No, the the Jets are getting the Jets oh. are plus one and a half. That's what I'm Ooh. saying. Interesting, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I would just take the Redskins money line. I mean, I would, I, you know, maybe parlay it with something or whatever the case may be. You know, I mean, but I would not. I, I I cannot see myself taking the Jets in this game. I, I feel like the. The Redskins are going to come out. And, you know, off a bye, you figure a team is going to come out and play hard. You know, they're going to try to get their second one of the season or maybe be like their uh, mini Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So Joe, I, I, could, I could see that happening. Joe, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to play. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share some stats with you here. Uh, and, um, and Joe, I don't know, maybe you, you will think otherwise after I share these with you. Washington has lost a league high eight consecutive games at home. Washington has scored 17 or fewer points in seven consecutive games, the longest streak in the NFL. Washington hasn't scored a touchdown on any of their past 30 offensive possessions. Do, do we just we want to take a minute just to marinate in these? I don't want I don't want to rush through them where you're going to like miss a word I say. This is just horrific stuff here. Washington is last in the league in percentage of offensive drives to reach the red zone at 15%. Well, by the way, the Jets are 31st with 18%. They're just as bad. Oh my goodness. Um 40% of the opponent drives against Washington have reached the red zone, second highest rate in the league. So just alone, with those stats that I just shared with you, um, the Jets should roll here. Jameson Crowder um, with Sam Darnold under center uh, now has four top 20 scoring weeks. Of course, top top four 20, obviously we're talking fantasy here. Um, in Darnold's six starts. He's getting a team-high 25% of the target share. I don't know what the prop bet is out right now uh, in regard to Crowder and his receptions and his yardage, but if if there was a play that I would play in this game, it would be Crowder Um, because Washington is, is, is not that good, especially against slot wide receivers. 
So if there was a prop bet I would play, I would play the over in receptions and over in yards for Jameson Crowder. That is a bet that I would play. Um, Terry McLaurin, who's been a really one of the biggest surprises, I think, this year in the NFL, um, is not doing well. He was doing a lot better without Dwayne Haskins. Um, at the quarterback position, he's only averaging five yards per target from Dwayne Haskins, and he's he's only now getting uh, seven targets a game. That's he's only averaging seven targets a game. So, uh, started off with a bang this season. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver for Washington, big waiver wire pickup, uh, and is is now not doing so well with Dwayne Haskins at the quarterback position. Le'Veon Bell. Um, unfortunately, the Jets' offensive line can't uh, be counted on, even in positive matchups. In back-to-back games versus the Dolphins and the Giants, Bell has rushed 17 times for just 66 yards and 18 times for 34 yards. Oh, that's just horrible. He gets his third straight favorable matchup against Washington, ranking 26 in points allowed per game uh, to opposing backfields. What are what are your realistic expectations for Le'Veon Bell on Sunday? Mm. Uh, here's something interesting. Uh, Darius Geis came off of IR and he's been practicing. And this is the week that he can suit up and play for Washington. I guess my question is, you know, is, is he going to be on a pitch count? Is he going to be limited? Or is is Washington, is Bill Callahan, is he just going to be like, all right, Let's see what this young man has. Let's see what he can do. And just uh, making him kind of the bell cow. I don't see that. I I, I, I see them kind of working him in slowly. Uh, but and, and on a fantasy football level, just a side note, if he's out there and he's available on your waiver wire and you're in desperate need of, of a running back, I would pick him up because um, he don't, if, you, if you recall, he was injured last season as well. And the Washington Redskins really need to know what they have in this guy. So I think as the season progresses... The next few weeks, um, I think I think his volume is going to increase, and I think he he could be he. There's a possibility that he could be quite serviceable for you in fantasy football. Again, if you're in desperate need of a running back and he's available on your waiver wire, uh, Chris Thompson is expected back this week for Washington. Utilized, he's been dealing with a with toe turf since week six. Um, he's utilized more in the passing game than he is in the rushing game. Uh, so if you're in a PPR, no more than a flex play when it comes to Chris Thompson. Sam Darnold has his highest scoring game of the season uh, last week against the Giants. Uh, but it's worth noting that um, that 8.5 of his fantasy points came from his legs after zero rushing points on the season. Washington is 16th in passing points allowed per game, but are 23rd in touchdown rate allowed to opposing passers. So uh, what does that mean? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Demarius Thomas has out-targeted Robbie Anderson 30-29, to 29, catching 20 passes for 270 yards, while Anderson has 13 receptions for 220. Uh, small play on Demarius Thomas. Again, I don't know what the prop bets are, what's out there as of right now, um, or I would have those numbers for you. But I lean more towards playing the over with Jameson Crowder on receptions and yards heading into this matchup than anything else, than anything else. I mean, this is, I I feel like I'm talking about the Giants and Jets game from last week. This is just going to be a horrible game. And probably the only reason you're going to watch it is if you are 
either a Jets or a Redskins fan or you're like me and you work in the New York market and you have to watch it because um, it's your job and that's what you have to do for a living. (laughs) And I don't know, maybe you put some money on it and that'll help you watch it. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Without further ado, I've been teasing him all show long. And that is Mike Clay. You could see him all over the airwaves on ESPN, one of the best in the business when it comes to fantasy sports. Therefore, we we parlay that into prop bets when it comes to the NFL. And Mike has been on fire. So Mike Clay joining us. Mike, first and foremost, uh, let's talk about the Miami Dolphin game. And they're going up against the Buffalo Bills. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, Fitzpatrick, over, under, one and a half touchdown passes. No, it's going way too fast. Hey, we're two weeks from Thanksgiving. I can't believe it, Anita. <laughs> it is. It's, I can taste, taste the turkey in the air. It's really, <laughs> you can taste the turkey in the air. I love that. I might have to steal look, that the, from you. <laughs> yeah, look, the, the Lions and the Cowboys are playing this week. I mean, if you're not thinking about Thanksgiving, I, I don't know what we need to do, you know. That's so funny. All right, uh, so you've been crushing it with your prop bets uh, this season. So that's why I, I, I thought it was really, really, we needed to get you on the show tonight. So I appreciate your time this late in the evening. All right, so let's kick it off. Uh, let's talk about the Miami Dolphins in the Buffalo Bills game. I love the Bills here, but more importantly, we have you on to talk about prop bets. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, is it over, under, one and a half touchdown passes? I'm going to go under on this one. Uh, look, he's, he hasn't really been a, a touchdown machine this season, even though Miami's been winning as of late. He's only thrown eight touchdowns in seven full games this season. That's an average of a little over one per game. And he has exactly zero or one passing touchdowns in five of those games. And then you look on the other side of the field here, Anita. I mean, the Bills are a pretty darn good defense. They've allowed seven passing touchdowns this season. That's third fewest in the league. They've actually allowed fewer than two passing touchdowns in eight of their nine games this season. Uh, You know, they're just a very good pass defense. You could go through all the efficiency stats. They're all very good. And I also thought this was interesting. You know, as I was working through this, I thought, you know, uh, it feels like Sean McDermott's defense is having allowed many passing touchdowns. So I look back to since he has joined that team as the head coach in 2017. Well, the Bills have only allowed 43 passing touchdowns in 41 games since Sean McDermott took over. That is fewest in the NFL by three over the next closest team. So, uh, you know, I know three years ago it doesn't really matter now per se. A lot has changed, but Sean McDermott hasn't changed. And his offense, or excuse me, his defenses consistently do not allow touchdowns. They're playing Miami this week. Uh, you know, Fitzpatrick, like I said, he has, he's hit the under here quite a bit this season. So uh, I think it's a strong bet. I love it. Let's stick with that game. And Kenyon Drake no longer in the backfield for the Miami Dolphins. It's really the Bellage show over under 50 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, under here. If you know anything about me or my background in, in talking Bellage, you know I'm going under on this one. Now, look, <laughs> I'm starting to feel bad, but, I, you know, he's just put in a bad situation here. He should not be a starting NFL running back. He just hasn't earned that role, that right. He has not been good. 21 NFL games so far. He has cleared 19 rushing yards in a game only three times, 
And the only time he actually reached 51 rushing yards was last season in that Week 15 game where he went untouched for 75 yards. That's it. Otherwise, he's been under and usually significantly under. Uh, you look back at last week, of course, they trade Kenyon Drake. You have the suspension of Mark Wall, and he played 88% of their offensive snaps, which is a massive number for you know any player, let alone a running back. And he had 43 yards on 20 carries. He also only had two yards and four catches. You know, his efficiency is atrocious, barely above two yards per carry, under a yard after contact. This has been a theme going all the way back to Arizona State. I mean, the Bills aren't very good stopping the run, but I have no faith in Bellage, and I think his role has to be reduced. There's just no way they can continue to give this guy almost 25 touches, and he's just he's ineffective. He's hurting the offense significantly. So under 50 and a half rushing yards. All right. Again, Mike Clay joining us here on 98.7 ESPN for Week in Wager on this Friday night. Uh, let's switch games. Let's go to Chicago at the Rams. Allen Robinson over under 63 and a half receiving yards. I'm actually going to go under this one. And it's it's it was tough because you look at how good he has been this season, even with Mitch Trubisky struggling badly. We know that. We've seen that he is struggling. But Robinson has cleared 63 receiving yards in five of his nine games. He's gotten to 60 in two other games. His target share is massive at 27%. He is a very high floor because he, he sees a consistent uh, target share above 20% in every single game, averaging almost nine yards per target. There really is a lot to like. However, he's going to face his toughest matchup of the season against Jalen Ramsey, who is a very strong bet to shadow him in this game. Uh, Ramsey shadowed last week, and not only did he shadow uh, Juju Smith-Schuster on his perimeter routes, he shadowed him in the slot, too. In fact, he was basically a full-time clock corner at times in that game just to keep Miss Schuster in front of him. So hey, Al Robinson aligns inside about 40% of the time. You know, he's, he's outside, he's inside, they move him around. It's not going to matter. Ramsey is one of those rare shadow corners that will move all over the field. I expect that to be the case here. So my projection is below this, and I think he, he falls short with, with Ramsey on him. It's just going to be really tough. I, I, I don't know about you, Anita. I have a hard time seeing Trubisky being able to get the ball consistently to Robinson to get him to 64 yards with Ramsey on him throughout this game. I agree with you. I really, I, just out of curiosity, uh, because I, we do have one more prop that I want to tee up for you, but I'm curious. Minka Fitzpatrick has been getting all the love in regard to like the, the, the best player that was dealt at the trade deadline. Um, mm-hmm. Could you make an argument for Ramsey going to the Rams? I, I could say just on the surface, you, if you were to sit down and rank players in the NFL, who would you have ahead? There's no question you would have Ramsey ahead, right? He's one of the best corners in the NFL. And again, uh, not all corners are created equal in, in terms of how they're utilized, right? So uh, a guy like Marlon Humphrey would be another example of a player who just faces tough challenges very often. Darius Slay, guys who don't get really uh, some of the respect of, of being an elite player because they have, they're on elite receivers all of the time and they have to shadow that number one. There's other corners that don't do that. You know, they just play their side and stay at home, and sometimes that means an easier matchup. So I would I would certainly say Ramsey is the better player than Minka, despite the fact that Minka is having a, a heck of a first month or so with the Steelers. So, again, I mean, no disrespect to Minka. He's crushing it. But, yeah, I would say Ramsey's the better player there. All right, last one for you, Mike, and this is the Monday night football game. Kansas City going up against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Damian Williams, um, does he score a touchdown? Yes, says plus 105. He has three touchdowns, rushing touchdowns on the season. Does he get one on Monday night? 
I think he does. I love these plus money touchdown bets. Usually they're going to be plus money. And this one actually is not as attractive as some others. Like last week we had Hunter Henry. I believe he was at like plus one or plus a dollar seventy five. I think it was something like that. Luckily we hit that one. But uh, I still like this one for a few reasons. Uh, he saw double digit touches for the first time. Think about this. For the first time with the Chiefs. In week 14 of the 2018 season, since that point, he has 14 touchdowns in 14 games with the Kansas City Chiefs. That includes four touchdowns in eight games this season, despite the fact that, as we know, he was the backup for a while. For a stretch there, Sean McCoy was their lead back, and he was barely touching the football. So, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously scored quite often when he has been uh, their clear starter in this Chiefs offense. He played 74% of the snaps last week at 24 touches. McCoy, you know, not a factor. Even if he's active this week, which he wasn't last week, I can't imagine he's more than a part-time player. Uh, also, Chiefs running backs have combined for a league-high 33 total touchdowns since the start of the 2018 season. It's just, it, you know, you can apply, apply this to fantasy, to gambling, whatever it is. You want the lead back in the Chiefs offense, and right now that is clearly Damian Williams. There's a lot of production to be had here and a pretty darn good chance at a touchdown. Uh, by the way, the matchup's good. Chargers defense have allowed 11 touchdowns to running backs this season. That is wow. seventh most in the league. So, uh, a yes uh, for me, a plus $1.05. Fantastic. Great stuff, Mike. Really appreciate it. Just to recap, Ryan Fitzpatrick, under one and a half touchdown passes. Bellage under 50 and a half rushing yards. Allen Robinson, under 63 and a half receiving yards. And Damian Williams definitely is going to score a touchdown against the Chargers. Mike, you rock. Have a fantastic week 11, my friend. You too. Always fun, Anita. Take care. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I love the Eagles. I love the Eagles. Give me the Eagles plus three. Heck, I I think by the time kickoff comes, there's going to be a lot of public money on the Patriots side. So this line might even go up to plus three and a half. But here's another thing for you. I love the money line at plus 170. So I'm playing the Eagles plus three, maybe plus three and a half before kickoff. I'm also putting some coin on the money line at plus 170. By the way, just want to remind you, you're listening to Week and Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sport. Um, here are all the reasons why. Uh, just saw a little bit more fight in that bird when it comes to the Eagles. Why? Keep in mind, Dallas just lost to the Minnesota Vikings. So there's a chance that the Eagles, if they do beat the Patriots, can really uh, take advantage and manhandle that NFC East division. That's first and foremost. So they, they see like it's like they're, they're, they're sharks in the water with blood, right? Like Dallas lost to the Vikings. Um, we, let's go after it. So... Meanwhile, the Patriots, they've already won their division. Let's be honest. So I just think there's going to be a little bit more fight in that bird when it comes to the Eagles more so than the Patriots. That's first and foremost. And heading into the Patriots game, what did I tell people? Listen, who the Patriots played? No one. I told you. Ravens are going to win outright, and sure enough, they did. They did more than that, and they pretty much gave the league a blueprint on how to beat the Ravens. And how do you do that? You need to run the football. And the Eagles, they run the football. Uh, they put up 146 rushing yards their last game against the Bears. And the Patriots give up rushing yards. They've given up over 150 rushing yards uh, to opposing backfields uh, both their last two games. So that's first and foremost. Run the ball against the Patriots, and you can do that. Number two, stop the run. And the Eagles do that, and they're actually a lot They're a lot better at home than they are on the road. Uh Opposing teams are only averaging 60 rushing yards per game against the Eagles at home at the link. 
So the Eagles can do that. And last but not least, get after Tom Brady. Nobody knows that more than we do here in New York, right? In in, in the way that the style, the custom that we saw the Giants uh, win both Super Bowls. Uh, Tom Brady is only averaging four yards per attempt when pressured in the pocket. And the Eagles are eighth in the NFL in pressure rate on defense. So they're going to be able to get after Tom Brady. They can stop the run, and they can run the football. And I think I think that's the formula for beating the Patriots. The, the Eagles, in my opinion, are the second-best team that the Patriots have seen this season. And so, again, all the reasons why I love the Eagles, plus three. That's where it is right now. I do believe this line will go to three and a half. I think the hook will rear its beautiful face prior to kickoff. And also, I do like the money line. The other game that I like, and I just touched on it just a second ago, and that's the Texans and the Ravens. Uh, And this is what I like in this game. I love the over at 49. Follow me here. The Ravens, first in points per drive. The Texans, fourth in points per drive. The Ravens, they reach the red zone in 43% of their offensive possessions. The Texans, they (laughs) forget about the red zone. They reach, they are inside their opponent's 10-yard line, 30% of their offensive possessions. Very, very impressive. And as we know, two of the best exciting quarterbacks in the NFL in in Lamar Jackson and, of course, Deshaun Watson. Um, And last but not least, the Ravens are averaging 33 points per game. The Texans are averaging 26 points per game. This is going to be an absolute track meet, barn burner, whatever you want to call it. So uh, I really love the over in this Texans Ravens over 49. Some other games that I do. So those are the two games that I love. I love the over in the Ravens Houston game. I love the Eagles plus three and a half, even on the money line. I think the Eagles win straight up. And that's a 4.30 kickoff on Sunday. Uh, And two other games that I like. I like Oakland minus 10.5 against Cincinnati. Cincinnati still rolling with uh, with Finley, uh, their rookie quarterback that they drafted. And the Oakland Raiders are just, I think they have to be one of the, the biggest surprises this year in the NFL. Don't you? John Gruden, he has to be in the discussion for coach of the year. Um, Derek Carr is having a great season. I think he has a field day against the Cincinnati Bengals. Josh Jacobs in the running to potentially win Rookie of the Year. Um, I, I just I, I I think this is just going to be an offensive explosion against a Cincinnati Bengals defense that's not that great. And I think Oakland's defense uh, forces some turnovers, maybe a pick six, maybe a fumble recovery for a touchdown. <clears throat> so I do like the Oakland Raiders minus ten and a half against Cincinnati. And last but not least. Well, let's hear from Doug Marone. He's been practicing for a while. Now, getting into a game, that's legit. You know, but the experience of having played a lot before, I think, really helps that. You know, knowing how the game's going to be played and knowing what you're seeing and, and seeing those types of live type of reps, you know, in practice as far as coverage and everything like that. So having been a backup before and coming in, I think that helps. But I think it's more of the mentality of the player that does it. That's Doug Marone. He's talking about Nick Foles. So Gardner Minshew benched. Um, was serviceable for his time <clears throat> filling in for Nick Foles. But now it's Nick Foles. The Jaguars are paying him a boatload of money. Um, it's his time to shine. And sure enough, I think he does. So the Jaguars getting three plus three in Indianapolis. Now reports are that Jacoby Brissett is going to start. Uh, the Colts, they've won a number of games, but they've only won their games. They're, they're only winning by like one score. 
And I really like the fact that Nick Foles is back, uh, Fournette in the backfield. Uh, D.D. Westbrook is, is, is finally healthy. This is a Jacksonville Jaguars team that are coming off of a bye. You have D.J. Chark as well. Uh, Josh Wilson, their, their tight end, I'm hearing great things about him, and there's some great expectations about him, and their defense is solid. So this is another game and another team that I like the three. And I might even play the money line here. I think the Jaguars win straight up. So those are the four plays right now that I like. Eagles plus three, plus three and a half. I think a kickoff money line as well. Houston and Baltimore over 49. Oakland minus 10 and a half against Cincinnati. Um, and the Jacksonville Jaguars plus three at the Colts. Um, and again, that's a, a game that I'm, uh, I, I might play the money line as well. We just heard from Mike Clay just a second ago talking about his prop bets and the players that he likes. Um, I was playing around today with my DFS lineup heading into week 11 and I, w- I want to share it with you if you do play a little DFS uh, daily fantasy when it comes to, to Sunday. Uh, the quarterback that I really like that you can get on the cheap is Kyle Allen, Carolina, going up against the Atlanta Falcons who ranked 28th against opposing quarterbacks in fantasy football. So, And, and, and again, when it comes to DFS in order to win, you really need to, pl- you really need to put in a number of, of lineups. So this is my base lineup that I work off of. So Kyle Allen is is in it's just I, I think the value that you're going to get in Kyle Allen this week uh, in what he's going to be able to produce against Atlanta, um, I think is going to be solid. And Kyle Allen will be at home. So I love Kyle Allen. Other other quarterbacks I like. We just talked about uh, um, Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. I think a ton of points are going to be put up in that game. So both those quarterbacks, Derek Carr against Cincinnati and Josh Allen against the Miami Dolphins. So those are the quarterbacks that I will be playing in DFS this week. Running backs, love me some Josh Jacobs against Cincinnati, ranked 29th against the run. Singletary against Miami. Brian Hill, looks like Brian Hill is going to get the start for Atlanta against Carolina. And by the way, for you folks that play like in fantasy football leagues, make sure Brian Hill is uh, is is or see if he's available on your waiver wire could be a really solid pickup for you this week going up against Carolina, especially if you're desperate for running back. Ezekiel Elliott going up against Detroit, ranked 31st against opposing running backs. Eventually, Ezekiel Elliott is going to eventually have to have a monster game, right? Like eventually. Could this be the week? I certainly hope so. Wide receiver-wise, um, I'm going to stack, quote-unquote, uh, Kyle Allen with DJ Moore. Again, going up against Atlanta, giving up the 26 most fantasy football points to opposing wide receivers. Michael Thomas, love him as well, going up against Tampa Bay. Michael Thomas, my number one wide receiver heading into Week 11. Debo Samuel, getting a lot of love. What do I mean by a lot of love? A lot of targets, high volume for the 49ers. Why? I don't believe that George Kittle is going to be able to play, and Emmanuel Sanders is dealing with with a rib issue. So Debo Samuel can possibly go into this game as like the number one option and target for Jimmy G going up against Arizona, giving up the 22 most fantasy football points to opposing wide receivers. So Debo Samuel, and you can get him on the cheap. Uh, Cole Beasley, who's averaging, I want to say, nine targets a game the last three or four weeks going up against Miami. I think that's a great value there, and and I think he could put up some solid numbers for you. So my wide receivers, DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, Cole Beasley, and also love me some Michael Thomas, but obviously uh, that's going to be a lot more expensive for you. Um, Darren Waller, 
tight end for Oakland against Cincinnati. I think he has a monster day. Edelman against the Eagles. Eagles ranked 25th against opposing wide receivers. As we know, the Eagles secondary, not so great. And I think Tom Brady is going to be imp- under pressure a lot. And I think he's going to, he's looking to get the ball off quickly. And I think he's going to be looking for Edelman. And last but not least, the defense I love is the Buffalo Bills defense going up against the Miami Dolphins. So that's my DFS lineup heading into week 11. Kyle Allen, Josh Jacobs, Ezekiel Elliott, DJ Moore, Debo Samuel, Cole Beasley, Waller, Edelman, and the Buffalo Bills against the Miami Dolphins. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Without further ado, Joe Fortenball joins us from the Bay Area. You can see Joe and I on Daily Wager. It's a gambling show, if you don't know, um, on ESPN2. It's Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time and, of course, on Sunday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. So uh, Joe joins us now. Joe, first and foremost, uh, you like the Vikings, minus 10, going up against Denver. Denver still rolling with Brandon Allen. Um, they got to see what they do have at that quarterback position, but is that a big reason why you're all over the Vikings, minus 10? I'm laying it. I generally don't find myself laying very big numbers in the NFL. It's tended in the past to get me into some trouble, but this is one that I never even blinked an eye at. Minnesota is an absolute wagon when they're playing at home. They're a very different team home versus road. And a lot of people listening right now might say, what are you talking about, Joe? They just won in Dallas. Dallas gave that game away. That play calling at the end of that drive was abysmal, but that's Dallas's problem. When it comes to Minnesota, look at how they performed at home this year. They're 4-0 straight up. They're 3-1 and against the spread. They're averaging just shy of 30 points per game at home, but they're winning by an average of 16 points per game. All four wins at home have come by double digits. They're comfortable there. The defense takes it to another level. The crowd noise balances them out. Some people will say Denver's off the bye. Take a look at the Broncos. It's a good spot. Brandon Allen has made one start in his career, and it was at home against the Browns. This is a complete different situation. I think Minnesota absolutely rolls here. I love it. I love it. Uh, a game that I like, uh, so we're both on the same side of the coin here, is the Buffalo Bills uh, going up against the Miami Dolphins. Um, Josh Allen came out this week and said he knows he has to play better. The Bills' defense is fantastic. Uh, the Bills, minus seven in this matchup. Where are you rolling with this? I'll take the Dolphins here. I'll take the Dolphins. Let's let's look at value. Let's let's understand the price we're paying for the Buffalo Bills. All right, so if we want the Bills, we've got to lay seven points on the road. So let's use a little context here. Let's go back to the year 2000, and let's take every road game the Bills have played since then. From 2000 until now, the Buffalo Bills have played 256 road games. And in those 256 road games, they have been favored 22 times. 22 times in 256 road games. For context, the New England Patriots have been favored in every single road game they've played this year, and they're favored on Sunday in Philadelphia against the Eagles. That's probably not one of the games we're talking about, but I take the Eagles plus three and a half. That's a little bonus play for you, Anita. That's how we do it here on Friday night. A little bonus play. But, but... 
going back to the game in question, they've only been favored in 14% of the road games they've played since 2000. Okay, let's let's narrow it down even further. How many times have they been favored of six or more points, similar to where they are now? The answer is four. Four times. Two and a half percent of the overall games they've played on the road since 2000, they've been favored by this many points. So Buffalo either must be really awesome, which they're not, or Miami must be really terrible, which, wait for it, we thought they were, but they're not right now. They've covered the spread in five straight. They've won two straight. They're playing competent football under Ryan Fitzpatrick. They're not a great team, but when we were putting them in that whole tankathon conversation, Cincinnati is the worst team in the league. Washington's worse than these guys. These guys are competing. I would take the points with Miami, and I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they found a way to win this game. Wow. Shocker right there. So uh, maybe put a little money on the money line? Would you do that? A little bit. Yeah, sprinkle a little bit. You know, just a little sprinkle, a little dusting. You know, it's going nuts. Just a little something. A little something, something. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Joe Fortenball joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Last but not least, let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals, who've been playing very good football as of late. Plus 10.5 going up against the 49ers that, uh, let's face it, they are an infirmary. Uh, Kittle's out. Emmanuel Sanders not expected to play. Brita as well. You like the Cardinals here getting the points, Joe. A lot of points. A lot of points here. I'm here in the Bay Area. I love what the Niners have done this season. I'm a big fan of what they're up to, but this is a lot of points. That's where we're at now. It's about pricing. It's not about whether or not you like the team. It's not about your emotions. It's not about the jerseys. It's about pricing, and this price is too high. It's similar to what you saw last week when Indianapolis was laying 10, 11 points against the Miami Dolphins. It's too high of a price to pay for what you're getting. The Niners are on the short week here. They just played a very physical, very emotional overtime game against the Seahawks. Very draining. They've had to answer a lot of questions about it. And now they've got Green Bay on deck, which a lot of people think might be an NFC Championship game preview. So here comes Arizona. It's a team they played a couple weeks ago. They beat them in Arizona. But look, only twice this year have the Niners dealt with a mobile quarterback, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. And both times the mobile quarterback found a way to cover and keep the game close. It gives this defense problems because it extends plays and allows wide receivers to get open down the field. Conversely, look at the Niners' offense. George Kittle may not play. He didn't play Monday night against Seattle. And Emmanuel Sanders might not be good to go. And even if he does, he's not going to be 100%. With those two out of action... Jimmy Garoppolo Monday night had his lowest completion percentage of the season, and he had his lowest yards per attempt average of the season. That's not good. A lot of people will point out, well, yeah, forward ball. Uh, you know, the guys he threw it to, they dropped a bunch of passes. Yeah, that's what happens when your top two pass catches are out. You got to go to the third, fourth, and fifth string guys, and they drop passes. That's why they're third, fourth, and fourth, and fifth string guys. Excuse me. It's not rocket science. So the Niners have a great defense. They're probably going to be able to do enough to bottle up Kyler Murray from going for 30 or 40 points in this game, but to cover 11 points or so, knowing that you're on the short week of a physical encounter and you're down a lot of key offensive weapons, I would take Arizona plus the points here. All right, just to uh, recap, Joe Fortenball, uh, and by the way, you could follow him on Twitter. He is an excellent follow. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings minus 10 against Denver. The Dolphins plus 7 against the Bills. Maybe throw, just uh, sprinkle in a little money line there. And the Cardinals plus 10.5 at the 49ers. Really quick before I let you go, just out of curiosity, uh, the Jets taking on... I mean, we thought the Jets and the Giants were the worst game uh, this season. Could the Jets and the Washington Redskins be even... even worse? Yeah, I think so. Do you even have a play in that game or no? 
first of all, you should be ashamed of yourself for asking me about this game. You should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> that you ask anyone about that game. That game is persona non grata. I like, know. You should not, no I one, know. We're no in one, New York, though. The show is airing in New York. That's why I'm asking. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's all right. So, all right. The first thought I saw when I when I looked at that game, and I just like put an X through it. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not handicapping this. I want nothing to do with this. And then I thought to myself, well, it's Dwayne Haskins. He's not ready to go. It's going to take some time. This could be a good spot for the Jets. And then the next thought was the Redskins are off the bye. And then the next thought was the Jets are dysfunctional. And the next thought was the Redskins are dysfunctional. Can I bet both of them to lose? If there's a if there's a prop that both teams find a way to lose this game, that's the prop I want. And it can be even money. I don't even need to get plus money on that. I'll take even money. Uh, if you need a real answer, though, a slight lean to the Jets, Haskins and the Redskins, it's, it's a developmental project. The Jets at least have enough talent with Sam Darnold. I would play New York. But I don't feel good about it. I feel dirty. <laughs> <laughs> right? It does. It does feel really dirty to play this matchup. Joe, you rock. You're awesome. Uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us on this Friday night. I appreciate you. My pleasure, Anita. Daily Wager, ESPN. We're the best in the business. Thank you so much. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This segment brought to you by Sticky's Finger Joint. That's right. Uh, their mission to serve the best damn chicken fingers you've ever tasted with all natural premium ingredients made from scratch, 18 homemade dipping sauces. They've got eight New York City locations, two in New Jersey inside the outlets at Bergentown Center and Bridgewater Commons. Sticky's Finger Joint is open seven days a week. For more, um, you can uh, also order online. Make sure you visit stickies.com. Again, we have Joel and Anthony working the show in the, in, in the other side of the glass, and we had Stickies come in one afternoon on a Saturday, right, guys? They came in on a Saturday, and they, they brought in a, a John, the owner, one of the owners. He brought in a ton of chicken, and we all just went to town. It was just absolutely delicious. One of the things that turns me on to Stickies, I'm just, I'm a girl, I'm saucy. What does that mean? I like sauces. I like meat with sauce. That's in life. It's just I love a great steak with like a great sauce. And I don't mean A1A. I mean like a, a, a good sauce, like a Dover sole with a good sauce or a nice roasted chicken with some good sauce to dip your chicken in. And that's how um, I got turned on to stickies. So anyway, um, I asked the owner, John, I said, hey, listen, I have a sauce I'd like to prepare for you. And if you like it, maybe your 18 dipping sauces can turn into 19. And he said, okay, so get this, guys. Wednesday night, I went into stickies over there in Fidei, and I whipped up my Anita's Awesome Sauce. My goodness. I need to know what kind of sauce is Anita's Awesome Sauce. I was going to text him today. He said, so, so he loved it. He was going to have his partner taste it today. There's there. Say there's a shot. Say there's a chance. There's a chance that Stickies might add a 19th sauce called Anita's Awesome Sauce. I'm in for it. So uh, do you want to know what it what it, it entails? Please, please uh, tell me. The base is mayonnaise. Uh, and then horseradish, a little horseradish sauce, some gray poupon, some balsamic vinaigrette, a little salt, a little sugar, and there's a liquid season seasoning that we use in the South. In the South, I'm from Miami. Um, it's called Maggie. 
and apparently a lot of people up here in the Northeast, they've never heard of this before. It comes like in a little bottle. It's got like a yellow. Anyway, it's kind of, it's in, it's in the soy family sauce. It's like the soy sauce family, but kind of like a little, like, like throw in a few unicorn toenails in it. And it's something special and tremendous. And I use it for a lot of the sauces I make. And anyway, I threw that in there. So uh, that are those are the ingredients for the, the Anita special sauce. We're calling it the awesome sauce. And I will keep you guys posted, but there's a chance, there's a possibility that Stickies might now have 19 sauces. So you're telling me there's a chance. I'm telling you that there is a chance. All right. Uh, we've got about uh, three minutes left in the show. So let's rock and roll. Uh, by the way, like I said earlier, I always like to look ahead to the week 12 lines. Um, or I should say, I like looking ahead to like next week's lines. Obviously, next week is week 12. Here are some lines that I'd like to jump on right away. Buffalo Bills minus five and a half against Denver, especially with Denver still rolling with Brandon Allen. Oakland minus three against the Jets. Oh, boy, that's going to be a bloodbath. The Eagles minus three against Seattle. The Tampa Bay Bucks plus three against Atlanta. The Packers, plus three and a half at San Francisco. And the Ravens, minus one against the Rams. So here's where the lines are right now before uh, the public money really starts flowing and those lines are going to change. And those are the lines that I like. Also, some future bets for you guys. Uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Josh Jacobs, still at minus 135. That's not that that's that's not laying a lot of juice to make some money. And I I do believe that he's going to win offensive rookie of the year, especially if Oakland continues to have the success that they do. Minus one thirty five for Josh Jacobs, rookie of the year. Jump on that hashtag run. Don't walk. Go get that. Uh, Super Bowl odds, New England plus 280, the Saints plus 650. Not bad right there. The 49ers plus 700. Here's one for you. How about the Baltimore Ravens plus 700? I think the Baltimore Ravens represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. And what if they do win? Ravens plus 700 right now. To win the division, that AFC South division, boy, that's tight. Colts plus 310 to win it. They're sitting at 5-4, and four, taking on Jacksonville this week. Texans, they're minus 190, and they're 6-3. and three. They're taking on the Ravens. I think they lose to the Ravens this week. How about this? The Eagles, minus 140. Not a lot of juice there. I think the Eagles win the NFC East, by the way. I really do. I like that. Eagles, minus 140. Some teams to make the playoffs. Carolina, yes, 300, plus 300. Eagles to make the playoffs, yes, one minus 152. Bills to make it in as a wild card, minus 125. The Raiders to make it into the postseason. I like this one, plus 137. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.